Now, this Friday night, we just had, uh, two days ago, we had a outdoor movie night and uh, drive-in. So we had almost 60 cars that were out there. It was a great time. A lot of times we'll do a Disney movie or some new kids movie. And this year we did something a little bit different. We played a movie called Family Camp. Uh, maybe you've heard of the skit guys. This is a Christian movie. It was a lot of fun. And so my last announcement is I want to help for next year, Family Camp, July 4th weekend. You all should come with us. Get the days off. Plan it in your schedule this year, July 4th uh, weekend. It's so much fun. Sunday to Thursday, Friday. And we would love to have you be a part of it. But we watched Family Camp. And Family Camp is a, it's exactly what you would expect. It's the skit guys. They're kind of comedy dudes. Uh, so it's funny. Uh, lots of laughing. I, I enjoy hearing laughing when you play a funny movie. You hope that people laugh, right? Because if not, it's a little bit rough. Uh, but we had 200, maybe 250 people, almost 60 cars that were in our side yard hearing the goodness of God, the gospel that God's going to bring us through. He's going to get us through to the other side. And as we're in our movie series, uh, we're going to play a short clip from that here in a moment. But this movie was all about two guys in different realms, different walks of life. One that works way too much. In fact, if you were here last week, uh, we played a little clip. The guy came busting into church and he made it just in time for the closing prayer because uh, he was golfing, right? I mean, none of us would ever do that with you know, our time or anything. But um, right, that was, that was last week. There's another guy that acts super hyper-spiritual. Everything is super spiritual, but maybe not actually living that out very well. They go, they get lost in the woods, and when they are lost in the woods, then uh, we find out they actually weren't lost. The one guy kind of helped them get lost so that his wife would think he's a hero and all of this craziness. Uh, some, some hard feelings. And I was thinking about it, like sometimes in church world, okay, sometimes in people world where there's humans, people do crazy things, say crazy things, do things that, that don't necessarily make the most sense. And this movie kind of fit right in line with this. And I just wanted to play maybe a minute and a half clip of uh, what God can do even when it's been a little bit difficult. So let's check this out from Family Camp. I got it. I got it. I think um, when we were in the forest, I think we both learned a lot about life, faith, That wouldn't have happened if we didn't get lost in the woods. See? I told you God had a plan. Shut it. Seriously? Ah. What I'm trying to say is, um... I've been forgiven a lot. So how could I not... Forgive. Hey. I forgive you.
You deserve this. Oh, I know. <laughs> and this silly little video clip and this funny little movie just brings me back to the whole thought of who are we as a community? Are we a community of people that even when we're trying to figure it out and we get it wrong, we're still together? Even when we don't understand or when someone does something against us, are we people who can forgive and can grow and can say, you know what, this isn't the way maybe we should have got here, but God is moving, he's still on the throne. Are we a people that say, Lord, I'm going to abide in you. I'm going to abide in your love. I'm going to abide in what you, you have because I know that my God has me. He holds me. He takes me. He takes me to where I should be. When we look at Philippians here, chapter 1, 27, and the verses that we read, I think we see a few things this morning that we need to do. or We need to be a part of to see the gospel proclaimed. First is that we need to work together as community. In verse 27, it says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Only let your manner of life be worthy. There's something that happens when we begin to think, Lord, is my life worthy of the gospel? Is it how I live? Is it worthy of the gospel? Now we think of that word uh, manner. Uh, another word you could say would be a citizen. It literally means that to be a citizen. Am I a citizen of, of uh, this kingdom of God? That word goes to, uh, along with being good, patriotic citizens of the kingdom of God. Of God, When I begin to think about who I am and who we are as a church family, we are called to be patriotic for the things of God. Now, real fast, I am a big fan of our country. Any time, I'm all for, like, I love debating politics stuff. I don't do that from the stage. Uh, that's not my thing. But you want to sit down, we could do it. I'm not talking about the United States of America. I'm talking about being pa patriotic, like people that you might say, they are crazy patriots people, whatever, for, for the United States of America. This word is saying, let our manner, let our citizenship, let our desire and heart for the kingdom of God be like that. Am I a patriotic citizen of the kingdom of God? Am I a good citizen of the kingdom of God? And that's who we must be. That's what all of our life should throw, flow through. We talk about the word of God. We talk about the, the power of God. Am is my life one that shows the goodness of God because I am a good citizen. I am a citizen of the kingdom of a God before anything else. Paul begins to talk, am I, may I hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, one mind, striving side by side. And I believe he's saying there's something so important about understanding that we must work together in community. We aren't called to do life by ourselves, right? A, a patriotic citizen that just does their own thing in the woods somewhere, that's not very patriotic. Like, no one even knows. Like, who cares? But we're called to be patriotic citizens of the kingdom of God. And we're called to do it together. And that together part is, is the part when we're by, abiding in love, when we're understanding that God has us, that we're understanding I can't be over by myself 
doing my own thing. I can't be over here hoping and just looking and say, well, it's going to work out. No, I must be engaged with the presence of God. I must be in pray, engaged with what he's doing. I must be engaged and say, Lord, would you show yourself? We must do that together. We must do that as a team. When I think about the event Friday night, having 200, 250 people here, uh, one of my favorite parts was that it was a little windy right at the beginning. And uh, I don't know if you've ever watched somebody do cotton candy, but it's this weird spinning wheel that basically heats up and it melts uh, the sugar that becomes this whippy stuff that you eat that's cotton candy. But when it's windy and it's whipping, guess what happens? It blows away. It blows into the air. It does all this. So Pastor Mike, he was doing it. He had the, the sticks and was, you know, making it. He had cotton candy all over his body. Like I was pulling cotton candy out of his beard, and uh, it was great. But, you know, it wasn't an event that Pastor Mike by himself could run. He could run that area. He had a helper. Give me a new stick because we got we to gotta make it happen. But it took parking lot people. Pastor Brian and Jake, they were out hours before, setting up cones, moving buses so people would know where to go. We had, uh, myself, I was working on the video and the sound, and then I called Kyle Zide, who was playing bass this morning, and was up here with Royal Rangers, like, hey, Kyle, the sound's not working. So he came and showed up, and we got it as good as we could get it. Uh, you know, it took a group, Don Chaffins and her team, the Snyders and others, and I shouldn't start listing names because I think the Bates were there, and there were more people that jumped in and helped out. It was a blast just being able to work together. But if one person tried to put that event on, that would not have worked very well. In fact, there's no way. And when we think of our spiritual walk, I think Paul is, is continuing to just beat it into the people. We must do this together. We must go after the Lord together. We must stand firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And when I decide I can do it on my own, I miss the importance of having our team, of having our community, of having each other. And I will miss what God wants to do. I believe strongly I can never be all that God has called me to be if I just do it myself and hope for the best. It, it doesn't work that way. We need one another. Now, I watch football on Saturday afternoons, and I love watching good teams play football. Because a good team, what they've got is they are team. They're together. They're united. It's not necessarily always about having the best people, the best talent, the best whatever. It's about having a good team and teamwork and a game plan. And when we think, Lord, I want to be like the best football team, when they're playing and they're making it happen, if we are that as a church family, then we can make an impact. I think this morning, all of the Royal Rangers leaders and the girls' ministries leaders, how, does, how do those programs work? Jessica, our leader of girls' ministries, it's not because Jessica is running between classes making it happen on a Wednesday night. That would not work, right? Jessica, does that sound fun? There's no way. It happens because there's 10 or 15 ladies that are apart. It happens because there's all these, these men that are apart. It happens as we work together as a team where we say, Lord, we want to see godly men and women. And how are we going to do that? We're going to disciple and train up and build up our kids from the youngest age they can grow to be more like God at three, at four, at five, at seven, at nine, at 15, at 18, so that they can become the godly men and women that you've created them to be. It takes a team effort. We must work together. 
Let us live our lives in a worthy manner because of his call. And I think what Paul did not struggle with was his call. I don't think Paul struggled with, well, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't think Paul struggled. In fact, in the previous verses, he's like, Lord, I believe you're going to let me out of here. I believe I'm going to get out of jail and be able to go back and encourage the church. If not, that's cool too, but I believe. Like, he was good. And why? Because he said, if I'm supposed to die and it's going to bring more glory to God because I am martyred in jail, well, glory be. That's what I'll sign up for. His call was to fulfill what God was doing. His call was to fulfill what God was, was saying and how he was moving. And when we understand that our call, our, uh, what he's doing in us, working together as a community of, of believers, that that is the most important thing, then all of a sudden I'm not alone. I'm not going to fall off. I'm not going to disappear because God is going to show up. And he's going to show up through his word. He's going to show up sometimes in a worship service. And I love that. But he's going to show up as a brother or sister that's in this room. Picks you up. As a brother or sister helps you. As you reach out and say, hey, I need help in this season. I need help in this moment. In fact, when we think about humans and we think about our life, maybe there's times when we're in difficult moments and times when it's just kind of normal and times when, wow, things are awesome. And we need each other to help each other, to balance each other out, to pull each other up, to work together in community. And why did this work? And why did Paul uh, just make so much sense? Because he goes on in 28, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. Now, I love, I love Paul. He's like, hey, the gospel is going to move, standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, right? Like, this is going to happen. And when we do that, we're not going to be frightened in anything by your opponents. When you're Paul and you say, if I'm martyred for the goodness of God and it brings more glory to him, it's pretty tough to get too down. Like, if that's your, your view, like, hey, God's got me. Whatever he does, I'm going to be able to move. Then we are in a new place. We're not going to be frightened in anything. We're going to be bold in our salvation. And it goes on. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction. But of your salvation and that from God. There was an understanding that when we're bold in our salvation, our spiritual enemies, the evil forces of our world that would come, I do not have to be frightened. I do not have to be scared. I don't have to, to bow down to something or to, to run away from something because I am bold in the power of God and it's going to be even a sign of the destruction of evil and the fact that no matter what I'm dealing with, no matter how hard your last week or two or month, or year was, if we stand strong in the power of God, we let the word of God take us and get us through to the other side, then whatever evil in our world is coming at us. Lord, I'm going to bring glory to you. My enemy, the evil one's going to know I'm going to bring glory to God. There's going to be fear in their eyes, not in ours. It's going to be a sign because of the salvation that is from God. There's something it's just so important about this. And when I think about these words, it says, and not frightened. Uh, you could use that word in the Greek as terrified. Uh, it's basically not frightened when there's a stampede coming your way. There's not frightened of the stampede. Now, when I was reading this, um, when I was a kid, I used to go to Marmon Valley Farms. Now, how many have been to Marmon Valley Farms? Anybody in the room? Yeah, a bunch of people in the room. I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, that was so much fun. And then I'm like, actually, I don't know if it was fun or not. They let you walk the horse like 0.1 mile per hour. 
Like, it feels like if you couldn't get any slower, that's how all the walk behind things are, right? See some nodding heads. Uh, every once in a while, we did this thing every week, and they would let us trot, uh, which I found out later wasn't a true trot. It was more like a almost true walk, but that's all right. Like, but it was faster than a normal day. But one day, one of my friends, she says, hey, you want to come to my house and actually, like, run horses, like, get on them and, like, actually, they'll run. I'm like, that'd be awesome. I would love to do that. So we did. So we get going, and we're kind of doing the trot, which was more, that this trot was way more than the trot at Mount Marmon Valley Farm. Uh, and then, like, okay, you ready? You want to actually run? I was like, oh, I thought this was the running. But, uh, yeah, let's give it a whirl. So she's like, ah, you know, I don't know if she had a, However, she got both horses to take off. And in the takeoff process, I realized I had ridden a lot of Marmon Valley horses, but I had no clue how to ride a horse, apparently. And all of a sudden, I am now hanging on the neck of this horse, like on the side of it. And all I see is the legs going, like it felt like a train, a locomotive was happening. I was sure I was going to die. Like I was sure I was going to die. And I actually realized right there in that moment, I've been on a horse again, but I realized if I never ride a horse again, I'm good. Like, I'm really good. Because it's not fun going slow, and I also don't really want to die of horse hoof to my forehead. So I just am good. I'll just, I just won't ride them anymore. And thinking about being terrified, being frightened, hanging on to the side of this horse with the legs and with the, the power that you're like, I am absolutely nothing in this process. Nothing. The horse doesn't care about me. Uh, this is no good. Thinking of a whole stampede of horses. And God's saying, don't be frightened by the stampede. Don't be frightened when it's not one horse you're trying to deal with, but when it's chaos all around you. Don't be frightened when you don't know what to do. Because if you're standing firm, if you're together in one spirit, in one mind with your church family, if you're standing firm in the word of God and the call of God and the goodness of God and the, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you can be bold in your salvation no matter what it seems like is happening around you. And that changes the whole mindset of how we live. It changes the mindset of, oh, this is difficult, so I'm going to kind of back up or quit or do something. No, no. It's starting to feel like a stampede. So, Lord, I'm going to be even more bold. Because if I'm walking in you and in your goodness and your power, Lord, are you going to show up in something different? Are you going to show up in a new way, in a powerful way? And when it's difficult, I'm going to stand. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to walk in the power of God. Let us live victorious lives of freedom because our salvation. When we walk in salvation, there's something that happens. And that's, I believe, a freedom that follows us that we cannot have without. In the middle of trial, in the middle of problems, in the middle of situations, God will be with us that we can say, Lord, I don't understand. And anybody, no one likes problems. No one likes it when we lose our job unexpected. No one likes it when we have a sickness or a disease or a relationship problem or any of those things. But Lord Jesus, today is the day, not for someone else to get it right, but today is the day, Lord, in my life, I want to submit to you. I want to put myself in your hands. I want the people around me, my church, to pour into me. And Lord, I want to walk in the freedom that you give, even in the midst of a problem or a situation. Not because I'm being stubborn, I'm just going to do my own thing, but because, Lord, I'm submitting to you. And I'm going to let you work on my life. I'm going to let you change me, and I'm going to look and, and act more like you walk in freedom because my salvation is secure.
Paul understood. He understood. My salvation is good. If I die as a martyr, come on. He didn't know when he wrote the, the verses before that we have been going through, if it was going to be now or later. I think he just had this feeling, like a call that he was going to be martyred at some point because he was going to keep preaching the gospel and he didn't care what the culture or society said. I think he just knew. He talked about it, like in that sort of a way. And God brought him from this jail, brought him back to, the, to Philippi, brought him back to speak life. But his call, there was freedom. And when finally he was back in jail and when finally he was martyred, it was all for the glory of God. And he walked in freedom until the moment that he was put to death for what he believed. And then he walked in the greatest freedom ever because he was with Jesus. When that's our mindset, when that's who we are, Lord, I'm going to walk for you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to do all for you. And I'm going to do it with a sense of freedom and in a sense of community that we're going to do it together. It changes everything. And I believe it puts him in a place where in verse 29 and 30, the verses we don't like, it goes on. It says, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him. We like that part, right? Like for the sake of Christ, you should believe. Good. But it goes on. But also suffer for his sake. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. There's something that he understands that when I'm bold in my salvation, when we're working together, then we can embrace suffering. Now, nobody in here, I heard Robert say yes, sir, but nobody in here wants to be, uh, wants suffering in our life. Right? We don't want suffering. Of course we don't want suffering. But when we're walking in the power of God, then even in that moment, we can say, Lord, I give you glory and I give you honor and I'm not going to run away from what I'm stepping into, but instead I'm going to embrace that I'm where you've called me to be. I'm in the salvation that you've given me. I'm walking in the truth of who you are. And because of who you are and because of your goodness, because of your grace, I can even embrace the struggle that I'm in. I can embrace that I'm in jail and I might even be martyred. I can embrace that maybe this sickness, this is no good. And Lord, you're going to heal and restore, whatever that looks like. But I'm going to walk the journey until you do what only you can do. Lord, this relationship issue, Lord, I don't understand. I don't want it. It can't be like this. So Lord, would you do your part? Would you heal? And once again, not the other person. It's always, start with us. It's us. Lord, would you heal? Would you make me new? Lord, I'm going to embrace the journey that I'm on. And I believe that if we hear Paul, he's in jail at moments and he's singing praise to God. He's in jail and he's giving glory to God. He's in jail and people are coming against him and he's, he's speaking the goodness of God and saying, who cares if they're even coming against me? Is the gospel being preached? Like there's a joy, a life, a freedom that he walks in. And today, if we can understand and get to the point where we say, Lord, I'm not only going to embrace suffering, but I'm going to embrace suffering to a level where I can even have joy in the midst of the trial. If I can have joy and say, Lord, I don't get why, I, I don't necessarily have to know why, but Lord, this is hard, but Lord, I'm not going to be depressed and down about it. Instead, Lord, I'm going to walk in the boldness of who you've called me to be, even in the midst of it. Then our life looks different because it's not about a feeling. And if a feeling is good, then I'm over here and everything's good. And if there's a feeling of a little more negativity or whatever over here, then I'm bad. Instead, Lord, I am confident. I'm confident in my salvation. I'm confident, even in suffering, that I can walk in joy. And why? It goes back to, to verse 27. That you're standing firm in one spirit. Writing to the church. 
with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Because as a group, as Radiant Life Church, as his kingdom, we are going to walk this life together. Which means when I feel way over here on one side and another person feels way over here and they're like, woo, then we're going to be able to reach down and help those that are struggling. We're going to be able to pull each other in and say, God is still good. God is still glorious. We're still in one mind, in one spirit. And I don't understand why somebody is just having the greatest time and somebody else is struggling. I don't understand why someone's healthy all the time and someone might have a, a bad and you might struggle with things that just seems like all the time. I don't know. But what I do know is that when the church family works together, when we are united, when we come together in Jesus, I know that we're going to win and you're going to be victorious. The power of God working through you and through your church family, we're going to win. Which means whatever you are dealing with today, whatever your struggle is today, Whatever your problem is today, bring it to the Lord and one in mind, one in spirit, with one faith to follow the gospel. Talk to somebody this morning. Hey, before I leave church, would you pray for me? Let that be the norm. Your life group, this weekend is life group. Hey, before we leave, do you think you guys could pray for me? There's there's just a struggle. Right? It's not you by yourself and you have to figure it out. And if you don't figure it out, no, we, your family, your church, who we are, along with obviously our Lord and Savior, number one, Lord, help us not be alone, but help us abide in your love because God has you. And he has you because we get to do this together as a family. If you feel like you're alone, if you feel like you don't have anybody, you feel like there's nothing that can, can bring you to, to victory or success. Today is the day. Say, Lord, I'm going to stop doing it alone. I'm going to move in you. So you show me your goodness. You show me your power. You show me your grace. And Lord, who is it? Who is it that I can pour into and that can pour into me? Who is it that I can invite to lunch and just say, hey, would you pray with me? I need somebody to walk. What group can I be a part of? What, what team can I be a part of where I get to do this together? Where we get to do this in a way, it's not by yourself. You're not by yourself. You get to abide in love. You get to know that God has you because we're working together. Because we're confident in our salvation. And even in the trial, even in the struggle, we're going to walk in joy. Not because we want to walk through that thing. Not because that's easy. Not because that's not it. But because God's got you. And he's going to help you. You're going to get through because you have a family that loves you. You have the word of God and Jesus who died on the cross to take our sin away, our shame, our pain. He has already done it. He's already won it. So let's walk in his victory. Let us live joyful lives of worship before our king, wherever you are today. Now I want to encourage you. If you say, man, I just have, I have some struggles. I've got some things. There's a team here that would love to walk with you. There's a team here that would love to pour into you. In fact, one of our favorite things on our new website, you go to Radiant.Family, there's a care place. If you have something going on, please, please let us know. We want to reach out to you. We want to sit to you, uh, together. We want to be a part of discipling, just one-on-one. We would love to pour into you. Don't do this alone. We'd love to get you connected to a group, to a team that you can do life together with. Because when we do it together, We see that God has us because we see his hands and his feet around us, pushing us, 
and we get to pull and push those around us on. We do it together as a team. So this morning, as we, as we close, I just want to encourage, if you're in the house today and maybe you feel like, man, life is awesome, everything's great, or maybe it's just normal, maybe just the mundane life, things are fine, or maybe you're way on the other side and you're like, this is the most difficult season of my life. Can we be a church family today? Can we pull each other? Can we push each other? Can we encourage each other? Can we ask each other, invite each other to be a part of our lives? If so, you're going to feel the presence of God in a way that, that happens when the church gets together. And not only to sit in a service, which is good and can be helpful, but in a way that even goes beyond and says, Lord, we're going to encourage and pour into each other and, and sow into each other's lives and pray for one another. We're going to be victorious. The power of the gospel, he's going to win because he's already won. And if you're struggling, if you're over here maybe and there's trials and tribulations and there's suffering today, we want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. And I believe that God so often, he wants to maybe give us a warp speed from where we are to where, we, where he wants us to be. And we just have to ask. We've got to believe and we've got to take steps of faith. And so we're going to pray for you. Pray for every person in the room. And then as a church, let's fellowship. Let's encourage. Let's build up one another and see what God does. He's just that kind of God. He just might do something that you can't believe, that you can't do on your own. That's who he is. That's what he's all about. Let's watch God work in your life. So Lord, this morning, Lord, wherever we are, maybe it's great. Maybe it's kind of just fine. Maybe it's very difficult and there's suffering in our life. Lord, today we ask you, I ask you, God, that you would pull each person towards you, towards your goodness, towards your grace, those that are struggling, that have suffering, that have sickness, maybe disease or family problems or money problems or, or relationship problems, whatever it might be this morning. Lord, we ask you, Lord, would you bring them from where they are to where you've called them? Lord, would you heal bodies? Would you restore lives? Would you restore relationships? Would you provide the job? Lord, maybe where they were was good, but if you aren't having them there, Lord, put them in a better place for their ministry, for their life. Uh, Lord, for, uh, for, for uh, finances, for all of the things. God, do your work. Lord, those that are struggling today. And Lord, I pray those that are on the other side. Lord, would you help, help them, Lord Jesus, to reach out, to pull up, to bring alongside. Lord, nobody left behind. You left the 99 for the one. And Lord, I pray today that someone feels like they're the one. They feel like they're lost, Lord, that they would give you a control of their life. Lord, that they would invite you to be Lord of their life. A simple, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Become the Lord of my life. I repent of my sins. Lord, just simple, whatever their words would be, Lord, that's it. And then, Lord, we pray that the suffering, the pain, the sickness, the whatever, Lord, healing and wholeness, God. Lord, as a church family, Lord, I pray that we would be together, we'd be united what you're doing, Lord. Thank you for the excitement here at Radiant Life Church. Thank you for the goodness of what you are doing, how you are moving. Continue to draw us more and more together, more and more, Lord, where we see 100 plus kids being mentored on a Wednesday night because of a group of men and women that would spend every Wednesday night pouring into. Thank you, God. Thank you for that. See it over and over. Lord, let each one of us be united in service, united in your word, united as we are, meet together and are discipled in groups, in prayer. Lord Jesus, we are thankful for it. You're good, God. We're thankful that you have us. We're thankful for your touch. 
We're going to have joy today wherever we are. We're going to walk in you and we're going to share you with our world. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, thank you for being in this morning. I want to invite you Tuesday morning, 7 to 8 o'clock prayer right in this room. 6 to 7 o'clock on Tuesday as well. Join us one of those times for 10, 20 minutes, the whole hour, whatever it would be. Then Wednesday night, midweek, adults in here, kids all throughout the building. We just have a great time going after the Lord. And this week is Life Group Weekend, so come on out. Be sure to jump into a Life Group. If you're not Radiant.Family, you can find the group uh, or talk to one of the team. Let us know. We'll get you plugged in. Just are thankful for what God's doing as we continue to be united in God. Remember this week that God has you. He's got you. And he loves you. This week, be careful what you watch, be careful what you listen to, be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus and party with the pastors. I forgot is uh, if you're new with us, join us in the uh, glass room right out front. We would love to meet you. Pastor Rachel would love to to talk to you, hang out with you. And uh, we love you all. Have a great week. We will see you again soon.